0: This is Laura Dierda with the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Daryl Bodner, CIO of North Country Health in New Hampshire. Daryl, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad to be back.
0: Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about and, and we appreciate you coming on periodically for the podcast, but for those who maybe are just jumping in with us, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, I'm I'm the CIO of North Country Healthcare, which is a a group of small critical access hospitals in northern New Hampshire. Um, The the hospital's been around for quite some time, but we we established NCH in 2016 with three affiliate critical access hospitals, um, Interscoggin Valley Hospital, Upper Connecticut Valley Hospital, and Weeks Medical Center, as well as North Country Home Health and Hospice. Um, it's been great for us. We came together without a tertiary hospital, and and we've really been able to to make a difference in regional care for ourselves um, just through collaboration.
0: Got it. Well, that's fantastic. And now when you think about, you know, some of the, the ways you've built your brand within the region and the partnerships that you have, what was your strategy there? How were you able to um, reach out and really um, gain these partners that, that are most trusted and valuable and then spread the word of, about your brand and what you're doing there at North Country?
1: yeah it's it's been it's been a longer journey you know the brand is is something new because you're starting from scratch with a brand but it was um it was the vision of of some of the the former ceo presidents of each uh each affiliate member and they saw the writing on the wall that it was going to become uh you know very very difficult to function independently as critical access hospitals let alone uh, grow i mean it was a matter of survival um but coming together and through economies of scale and and reducing you know competition and being able to get centers of excellence in, in, in best of breed areas. We were able to recruit um additional physicians. We were able to uh to uh, look at the the scope of care that we needed to deliver in our area, and and we, we took control of that regional um, area. And geographically, we're sort of isolated. We're the northern tip of New Hampshire. We're in a uh, you know a fairly large uh, county, but um, we're we're the only health care providers in that county at this point. Um, so it's 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 a great place for us to be in. And we did it without having to you know to bring in an outside uh, tertiary affiliation um, because we knew the care we wanted to deliver here. It's been it's been a great opportunity. It's a fantastic place to be.
0: That's amazing. Well, um, you know, the past few years, I know there's been a lot of changes in development in IT and digital health, especially thinking about virtual care and some of the data gathering and management. So, in thinking about where we've come, especially over the past couple of years, what are you most excited about right now?
1: Well, I mean, honestly, after the last couple of years, I think I'm most excited to see that we maybe be getting beyond the pandemic. Um, it's it's that that's just you know been complete focus, and i I think um it, it has disrupted growth in ways that that people couldn't imagine um it changed the focus and in resources and how we looked at things, and as we're starting to come back out of that, we learned a lot, and that, I mean, valuable lessons there. And I think it also poised us to uh, to be comfortable outside of of our normal routine. So I think that it, for me, at least, it, it sort of now has sparked a uh, you know a hunger to to say, okay, let's let's look at what we need to do, and let's do it. And we've proven that we 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 don't necessarily need the guardrails and things that we're using before. We're, we're thinking outside the box. Um, for some of those you know in particular, I think about um, you know what can we do for for um, automation and interoperability and in workflow automation tools and some AI projects. We've got a lot of those that are going on now that may not have been in place before. And I think the the opportunities that are out there for, for patient experience, um, certainly there's competition out there now that, like we haven't seen before, but I think being able to, to look and, and, and try to think outside the box about what we can do and to really try to change the whole mindset about our healthcare setting. I, I, like I said, I think it's, it's really, really good right now, and I get really excited about that
0: absolutely that's really fantastic to hear and when you think about healthcare you know you're looking at like you said thinking outside the box trying to figure out how to make sure healthcare delivery is easier and better and your outcomes are better as well what aspects of healthcare are primed for it disruption
1: well i think i think there's a lot i think you know the, the patient experience i think clinical outcomes cost you, you always follow those as your compass to go through and um, i think um, for, for me, for disruption, automation. So when you look at financial and revenue cycle, whether it's coding or billing prior offs, there's so many players that have come to the market that can automate those processes and can probably do them more efficiently and effectively than we can with, with, with individuals and, and staff managing those. Um, there's opportunities i think in workflow automation in the in the care delivery settings documentation you know i'm thinking like uh, the advances we've had pilots with with uh, ambient voice technologies the things that were were sort of challenging before were more cutting edge we've had time to regroup and look at i think those those are some of the areas um, that we can look at, and I also think you're going to see some of the the shift to home care data collection, whether it be through consumer wearables or commercial remote patient monitoring. I think those are those are really going to influence the way care is delivered. Um, you know, we we here at North Country Healthcare, we have you know a large area of primary care, and I think as you mentioned, the telehealth and virtual care platforms are 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 going to be um, are going to be are going to continue to grow, and I think the consumerism is going to demand it, and you know, you have to be honest with yourself when you look at, you know, somewhere in excess of around 20 percent GDP now for healthcare. that it's a huge market. And and, and, and you know, the largest volumes of these are probably in primary care. So it makes me a little nervous, but also sets the tone when you look at the Amazons, Walmarts, you know, Walgreens, CVS. All of these people are partnering or, or buying cutting edge technologies to be able to deliver. I think that to me, that's that is an area that's prime for disruption, um, clearly. And then finally, all this talk too about the hospital at home, I think that it's uh, it's a new contender into this area to be able to move people. But regardless, the whole home care setting of moving care to the home and outside of the hospitals is, is a real one.
0: Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And you know for, for you at a um, health system with you know critical access hospitals hospitals within smaller and in more rural or spread out communities there's a lot of priorities in terms of making sure that you're using resources to take, take care of patients as best as you can. When you look at some of these things like hospital for home or trying to understand and meet the consumer demands as much as possible within healthcare, how do you decide which resources to put towards those efforts and what really can you do in order to make investments that will really make sense for the healthcare organization in care for communities better?
1: Yeah, you, you, a good point. Uh, being critical access, I consider us to be stewards of 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 the uh, of the you know community's dollars. And when you look at these, trying to be able to focus on what those are. So, I mean, and and you can look at at the standards that are out there when you, when you look at it, what what the what the community says it needs through community needs assessments. But to match that with technologies is another key area. What I have noticed that out of North Country Healthcare that's really benefited us that historically wasn't is that the 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 audience at which we are taking input from is much, much larger. So the the group that we sit at the table with, we have a a CEO cabinet, all great people, well-disciplined, well-educated, all offering ideas of how we should do this, combining that with the strategic planning um, that we have done with our, with our boards. Remember, there are multiple, not only is there a parent board, but multiple affiliate boards. Bringing those together, we have a really, really good indicator of what the community needs and where we should be going. And when you have that many voices coming through, it, it, it really helps guide you. And then we just turn and try to focus the limited dollars we have on trying to achieve those, those needs.
0: Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Now, when you look at the future, what are the top challenges that you're preparing for over the next year or two?
1: Well, the biggest challenge I think we have, and I think like most are, is staffing. Um, And I think that the staffing in healthcare, the the, the great resignation has sort of poised us for some of this. And of course, we weren't immune to that. And there's vaccine mandates and other other, um, challenges that have made it a a bit more of a sticky situation. So from my perspective, I would think for the next five to eight years, staffing is going to continue to be a challenge on all levels. Um, you know, we, we put some efforts forth to to co- to come up with some some models at which we would we could compete and also try to hopefully lead in that area with a socially responsible minimum wage. Um, but but there's other areas. Um, I think the field is not as enticing as it once was. I think that COVID discouraged a lot of people from going into the field. Um, I think that there's a rapid change of pace that is probably a bit offsetting for some. And as I mentioned before, the areas of innovation, some of the the technology end of it, people may be moving into those those fields to uh, to actually compete against the the services that we're trying to deliver. So the the pace of innovation and change, I think, is is probably going to be um, uh, you know a, a continued challenge. But that's that's one we all need to embrace. Of course, cybersecurity challenges are always on the table, and I I see that becoming more and more of a uh, of a risk and more and more of a uh, a strain on finances as you look forward. And and finally, I think uh, local, national, regulatory changes and challenges have become more and more complex. Um, you know, the, the if if you haven't noticed, but you know, the the healthcare um, system is now on a whole new level in terms of 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 a political forum. Um, and and with that, we're not talking about the mandatory insurance coverages of Obamacare, but literally legislation that's in place to to um, be passed on actual care delivery and and and. Processes at which being is you know care is being dictated. Um, in New Hampshire, we have one right now that, that that there's actually legislation that's passed our House of Representatives, moving on to the Senate, that would demand the delivery of ivermectin to uh, to to patients upon request. I mean, th- this is this is not a place for for politics to be into, but it's it's I think it's going to be one of the challenges that we're going to see going forward in the future. Um, that's going to disrupt us for quite some time not to mention the international and worldwide unrest that's currently going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think all of those are great points. Like you mentioned, staffing being something that across many industries, and certainly in healthcare, all facilities are trying to figure that one out. And then some of the policies, um, you know, rapidly changing and the unrest that's happening. When you think about, you know, all those different challenges and issues, is there anything that you can do or, or, um, you know, changes that you're considering in order to make sure you're meeting those needs long term.
1: Well, I, I think I think on a local level, on a state level, we are more involved um, with 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 what is happening in politics and what's happening on the regulatory front um, to try to make sure that we're influencing some of our, our lawmakers and, 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 and representatives. Um, historically, that wasn't necessarily so much of a concern. Um, but like I said, some of these have become, for whatever side of the fence, you sit on a bit more politically charged. So I find us spending a little bit more time there than we have historically. But also just looking in general, um, if, if nothing else, we've noticed that supply chain was disrupted by worldwide events. Um, that continues to be a problem in some areas and can easily be disrupted, um, as well as, as, as increases with inflationary prices. Um, a lot of those things before were somewhat at bay, but now post, post-pandemic um, and, and even with some of the unrest in the world, it's, it's come more uh, front center and things we have to deal with on a regular basis.
0: It, that makes sense. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure.